All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rolling with the Winners, episode 17. Happy to be recording today. Um, I currently have kind of a scratchy voice, which I feel like 75% of the episodes I do, but this one in particular is different because I am still currently recovering from the bronze game on Sunday. I am recording this on Thursday, so I think that is a huge issue (laughs) that my voice is still recovering from it, but you know what? We're here. We're doing it. Uh, Just a reminder before I get into some of the great topics today, please leave me a reviewer rating on Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button as well, or follow me on whatever streaming platform you use to listen to podcasts. So I want to start today's episode with a great quote we received from LeBron today. Uh, When he was asked whether it's different playing the Warriors without their stars, he responded by saying, I played them in the finals without Kyrie and Kevin, so no. And honestly, I just love the subtle pettiness of this answer, and I had to share it with you all. So, okay, let's get into the major topics today, Uh, starting off with Chase Young, obviously following last episode, which was titled Chase Young for Heisman. (laughs) There has been quite a bit happening with him, which unfortunately is probably going to hinder his chances of winning the Heisman Trophy this year. Um, Chase Young accepted a loan from a family friend to buy his girlfriend a plane ticket to the Rose Bowl last year so that she could come and see him play. Um, He has since then paid back that loan to the family friend, um, who I will also say was not an agent. It was a family friend unrelated to the university as far as we know. Um... If this is completely true and accurate of how the story went down, I still don't even understand what rule he broke, and I truly have not been able to find one article or story that specifically details what he did wrong, like what was actually wrong about doing that. Uh, Regardless of what I think, it has recently come out that Chase Young will only be suspended for a total of two games. Obviously, last game he sat out, and then he will sit out as well for the Rutgers game, which can't say I am super concerned about him not playing in that. Um, And luckily, he will be back for the return of the Penn State game, followed by that team up north, uh, then on to the Big Ten Championship, and we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, it was very ironic, I will say, that the James Wiseman story broke out at the same exact time that this Chase Young story came out. So the NCAA has communicated to Memphis that Wiseman is likely ineligible. Well, he is ineligible, to, likely ineligible to play for the remainder of this basketball season. Sorry, couldn't talk there. Uh, Memphis did then announce today that they are going to sit him while they await a potential reinstatement. Uh, This is because the NCAA is saying that Memphis coach Penny Hardaway paid for Wiseman and his family to move them from Nashville to Memphis in 2017. Uh, So at this time, Hardaway was not a coach, but he was considered a booster and apparently paid for $11,500 in expenses for that move. Uh, According to the university as well, Wiseman was actually unaware of this payment Didn't really find any more details on that, on how he was unaware of that, but uh, that is what they are saying. Uh, Even though Hardaway was not employed by the university at the time of this, uh, he still counts as a representative of Memphis uh, athletic interests, or um, like I said, a booster. 
Boosters uh, include those who provide a donation to obtain season tickets, promote the school's athletic program, hire student athletes, or assist in providing benefits to enrolled students or their families, just for a specific definition for what a booster is. He was considered that at that time. In general, it just feels ironic to me that these two stories came out in the same day and are suddenly coming to light now. The person who brought the story to the NCAA about Chase Young did so the day after Ohio State beat Wisconsin. So they're trying to tell me that they held on to this information or, you know, just suddenly came upon this information the day after that game. And, you know, it just so happened that it was after Ohio State beat, that was one of the toughest teams on their schedule, and they're nearing the end of the season with only a few games remaining, when 99% of people are saying they're going to be in the playoffs and have potential to win the Natty, and suddenly this comes out. I just think it's ridiculous, and these are the exact reasons that the NCAA rules and regulations need to change. It This truly solidified everything I already believe about the situation, uh, and All I have to say is I'm happy that Chase Young will be back. I think it's still ridiculous that he had to be out. Happy he's going to be back for the important games and hope that uh, he has a chance to stick it to the NCAA in the coming weeks. All right, next up, moving on to a little bit of college basketball with an inspiring story. I want to talk about Kent State basketball player Kaylin Bennett. No, that is not the annoying Kent State gun girl. Very similar names for two uh, Kent State people, but this is actually a great person. Um, I am referring to the six foot 11, 300 pound basketball player who is actually the first player with autism to score in a Division I basketball game. He is a freshman on Kent State's team and became Became the first person with autism to sign a national letter of intent with a Division I school. Um, his story is just inspiring, and uh, Kent State's coach, Rob Senderoff, uh, he was quoted saying, We didn't recruit Kalen because he has autism. We cr- recruited him because he has, we saw his potential as a basketball player. I don't recruit someone to have a story. This isn't a charity case. Sometimes I may have to show him things in greater detail or physically show him something as opposed to telling him because he may need to see visually what we're trying to explain. But 95% is just like what we're doing with the rest of the team. Uh, So I think this is overall just a really great message because his whole team treats him like he's any other guy. They don't look at him as a guy with autism and uh, act like he's different because of it. I'm just very excited to see how he grows, how he performs this season. And I think this will definitely open up the door for other athletes uh, with autism to be given a chance to compete at such a high level that they really haven't been given a chance to compete at before. All right, so next up, uh, I want to talk a little bit more LeBron. Um, Earlier in November, when the Lakers and the Mavericks played, uh, Luka and Bron simultaneously became the youngest and oldest players in the league um, ever to put up a 30-10-15 stat line, and they did it in the same exact game, which is just such a fun statistic. It was an incredible game if you didn't watch it, but it's the perfect way to remind you right now that LeBron is still the best basketball player in the entire world. Um, He will be 35 years old on December 30th, and he is still dominating this league so completely. He's averaging um, around 24 points a game, around eight rebounds a game, and around 11 assists per game, which by the way, the 11 assists per game is leading the league. 
Um, I'm not sure how to frame this for you guys in another way, but like I said, he's about to be 35 and is playing high-caliber basketball, and the Lakers are dominating, really. Um, This is just going to be a crucial season for his legacy, and I am ready for it. Uh, Also, going off on my LeBron stats from the last episode, the Cavs and the Lakers play on January 13th, which has the potential to be the day that LeBron passes Kobe on the all-time scoring list. Uh, so that would be pretty cool. The game is in LA, but it would still be a very interesting full circle moment for that game. Um, not that the Lakers fans will react great, but just the fact that he's playing the Cavs, the team he started on, he's passing Kobe, the team that you know he's taken over for upon Kobe's departure from the NBA. Uh, Just kind of a cool moment. So keep an eye out to see where his stats are at that time. Obviously, it just depends on how much he's averaging per game still. Uh, At that point, it could totally change, but uh, could have the potential to be that game. All right, so this week uh, in the college football playoff rankings, wanted to go over some of that. LSU moved up to the one spot, which honestly I'm not even mad about. They have some impressive wins, and I do believe that beating Alabama was a a feat that should be awarded um, and gave them the one seed. I also don't even personally like for Ohio State to be ranked one. Um, I definitely prefer to be the underdog. It's the Cleveland in me (laughs) that prefers that, so I'm okay with being ranked two. Uh, Clemson moved up into the three spot, Georgia in the four spot, and Alabama went down to the five spot. Um, a few other interesting callouts: Minnesota moved up to eight after their win over Penn State, and they are still undefeated, which is wild. Uh, Penn State moved down to nine with that loss. They were obviously originally in the top four. Uh, a lot can still change with all of this. Ohio State and Penn State play in a couple weeks, and conference championships will definitely be a factor in this season. Uh, so we will continue to see these rankings change. I still think the SEC gets too much credit, but for the most part, I I am okay with how these rankings look. Um, Joe Burrow and LSU, they they earned the one spot. They being they have beat numerous ranked teams this season, Texas, Florida, Auburn, and obviously, like I mentioned, Alabama. Um, and as as we know, though, like I said, anything can happen. Uh, they deserve the spot right now. Uh, I kind of wanted to tail off of this into a, a little talk about the Big Ten scheduling games and how the rules work as I understand it. Uh, a lot of people have been discussing it recently with the announcement that the Ohio State Penn State game was going to be a noon game and there's like a ton of uproar about it which including myself I am very unhappy that it's going to be a noon game Uh, so there used to be this rule that Big Ten teams could not have night games after October Uh, that rule no longer exists Uh, at the start of the season the the Big Ten teams give their what I'll call a tolerance for night games so they get to pick how many on the road and how many at home games. So for example, a team could say they will do two night games at home and one on the road. So this is their maximum tolerance for night games. Uh, Schools like Ohio State would give a higher number like five and other schools typically give somewhere around three. These tolerances really only count for Big Ten games and non-conference home games as well. So let's say Ohio State goes to play a night game at Oklahoma. That game would not count for their tolerance because it is not part of the Big Ten's TV contract, which 
the TV contracts truly ultimately lead to the decision of when these game times happen. So basically these decisions are made through a combination of, like I said, the tolerance for each team and the Big Ten TV contracts, which from what I understand used to have many a much fewer number of night games and that number has since increased Uh, so they've been kind of forcing more teams into these uh, night games overall than they were in the past Uh, like I said I know there's been a lot of controversy over the Ohio State Penn State game being at noon which I agree it's a huge miss but there are a lot of factors in play Uh, if Penn State didn't agree to that many away night games then it is what it is. Um, I do think it is a bummer because night gra- night games are a major recruiting tool. You bring a guy to a blackout night game in the shoe, and I think that could sway him one way over another on where he ends up deciding to go. So for me, that's the most unsettling part of it other than the fact that it's hard to start drinking uh that early in the morning for the game also don't like that in my old age here it gets tough (laughs) all right so just kind of wanted to explain that to everyone because I've seen a lot of heat about it on Twitter everywhere and like I said I'm fully in agreement I hate that two really good teams like that are playing a noon game. It just feels like the momentum and the excitement surrounding it isn't uh, quite as big as I would like, but it is what it is, TV contracts and all of that work the way they do. All right, so Chris Carter, he was recently fired from Fox Sports after some behind-the-scenes turmoil, I will call it. Uh, There is a lot of speculation as to why this, this firing took place, but I truly have not been able to find a like solid concrete answer regarding why. Uh, I'm I'm definitely bummed because I truly enjoy his commentary and really value his his takes. I think he always brings something different to the table and has a great perspective. He obviously had an incredible career, Hall of Famer. Uh, I walked past him once actually at the Hall of Fame. I was on well, I didn't walk past him. I was on a golf cart and he was walking, and I'm like, oh my god. Chris Carter. I didn't always really get starstruck working there, but that was a moment where it was like, boom, starstruck, Chris Carter. Uh, So some think he is no longer with Fox because he was upset that he didn't get a role in the Thursday night football and that there was a a bad blow up between Carter and his bosses at FS1. Uh, Some are reporting, though, that they let Chris Carter go because of a more serious issue. Uh, which, like I said, I have not been able to figure out anything really specific on why this is or what the more serious issue could have been. Uh, so I hope to hear what the real story was, but that is really all that's been released at this time. They, you know, escorted him out of the office, and that was that, which a lot of people are making a big deal about that, but that's kind of standard process for a lot of people when they get fired, like you are escorted out. Uh, So I don't think that was super strange, and I don't think that makes it more dramatic or a crazy story uh, in that sense. All right, so moving on to Colin Kaepernick, which a name have not mentioned in quite some time. NFL teams were informed on Tuesday that a private workout is going to be held for Colin Kaepernick on Saturday in Atlanta. Uh, This session will have on-the-field workouts as well as an interview, Teams can attend this, and they can also receive video from the workout. 
Uh, some sources are saying this workout is not a pub- publicity stunt and that many teams have recently inquired about Caps' readiness for next season. Uh, it's kind of tough, in my opinion, that they made it a Saturday during the NFL season when many NFL teams play the next day. It's tough for a lot of teams to make it. I've seen multiple articles saying that a lot of teams are saying, hey, we can't make it to this. We play, you know, at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Like, we can't make it for this Saturday workout in Atlanta. Uh, So it seems kind of weird to me that that's when they decided to schedule it. But um, I saw today they released the following 11 teams who are going to be attending his workout. Um, They are the Patriots, Dolphins, Broncos, Lions, Cardinals, Falcons, Brownies, Giants, Jets, Bucks, and Redskins. Uh, And the most important fact that popped up on my phone literally right before I hit play to record this episode, so glad I caught it, uh, is that former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson will lead the drills during Cap's workout, uh, which is so interesting, I guess. I don't know what else he's doing right now, so I guess that's it for him. Um, But yeah, super interested to see what happens with this. Colin Kaepernick tweeted uh, earlier this week, I'm just getting word from my representatives that the NFL League office reached out to them about a workout in Atlanta on Saturday. I've been in shape and ready for this for three years. Can't wait to see the head coaches and GMs on Saturday. So obviously the stories surrounding Cap have been, they've been big for the last couple of years, something that's going to be talked about really for decades to come. And this is the first big push I have seen in quite some time to get him on a team again. Uh, I think if he looks good in these workouts, there is absolutely no reason he shouldn't end up on an NFL squad. Uh, He has proven success in this league by taking his team to the Super Bowl um, in the 2012 season I believe Uh, regardless if you agree with him or not this man deserves to have a shot to be on a team I will definitely be following the story more and hope to hear some good news from the workouts uh, this coming weekend and this week on important things to know when crushing brewskis in the muni lot Uh, Fun fact, Sunday, November 10th, 2019 was the first time since December 27th, 2009, one full decade, that the Browns and Cavs have won on the same Sunday, which is pretty wild because, I mean, the NBA has quite a few games, lots land on a Sunday, the NBA season starts in uh, October, late October-ish, And then uh, there's about two months of overlap between the NBA and the NFL season. So there's there's quite a few Sundays in there with the potential in a full decade for the Browns and the Cavs to win on the same day. Uh, So that's pretty wild. Uh, But happy for both teams to have gotten the W. Uh, And I also just want to say how much I love the Muni lot. I mean, when I was there for the game last weekend, I literally could not stop smiling. Truly, I was just looking around at all my fellow Browns fans with the biggest smile on my face. It's just a really special place, and those fans are everything. There, I will also give a shout-out to the Bills fans. They really showed up for that game. They were they were all over the Muni lot, uh, which I thought was really great. Um, just overall, the energy in downtown Cleveland during the Browns game 
it's special. I know we haven't produced the season the way that most of us were planning on, uh, but it does not stop the fans from being the best fans in the entire country. Like I always say, if you've never been to the Muni Live, if you've never been to downtown Cleveland on a Browns game day, just go once. Go once in your life to experience it. It's very special. Um, The Bills game, it was not 100% ideal. Definitely not, I will say that. But we did manage to pull it out, and that last last touchdown was pretty stellar. Um, After I record this episode, I am taking these headphones off. I am putting my Cleveland Browns hat on maybe a jersey, long sleeve t-shirt, not really sure yet what I'm going to go with, but I am headed straight to the bar in Pittsburgh to watch the Brown Steelers game. I am fully prepared to be the most annoying Browns fan in the whole world tonight. I will walk into that bar and just ruin lives, and I'm really looking forward to seeing as as many people I can piss off as possible. So hopefully when you are listening to this episode that I think I'll probably post for tomorrow morning, um, hopefully the Browns have come out victorious. Hopefully they have they have put another W on the board and continue to give us hope in a in a season where we thought we lost it. Obviously the Steelers are five and four right now, so they are above us in the division. But uh, we are, uh, I think, actually projected to win this game, which is kind of weird. We are also projected to win the Bills game though, which I also didn't really get, but. Um, it would be huge for us to win it. We still have the potential to end the season 10-6, and six, which could give us a playoff spot. So you never know. This is what Cleveland teams do. They take everything out of you, all of the energy, all of the excitement, all of the hope. They pull it out of you. And then at that moment when you think you hit rock bottom, you hit the lowest point, they're like, oh, just wait. You just wait. We're going to bring it back. And then they, they do this where they win. And it's it's interesting. But, you know, I I will always hope for the W for the Browns or any Cleveland sports team. Uh, so let's go Browns. That is all I have for this week. I have to go crush some brewskis. Not in the Muni lot in Pittsburgh, but nonetheless crushing brewskis. Have a good one.